Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program every day of the week to give you a little love and a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. Welcome to the program. Today's a great day. Uh, how you feeling, Sky? You feel good about life today? I feel awesome about life. I like the shirt, little uh, Iowa Hawkeye shirt. You like it? Is that what I you like said? it. Thank you. I like it. Hey, have I told you... Uh, I haven't told anybody this. Or have I? Probably. Uh, you know, I've started hunting. Oh, yeah. You told us. Like three times yesterday. I didn't tell you on the air, though. Not on the air. Okay. So I'm hunting now. Is because we had a discussion, Bryce, about hunting. Right? About... About guns, not hunting. About guns, gotcha. Yeah. Getting into... Yeah. Yeah, nerding out, hobbying with guns. Yeah. So a lot of people look at me and they say, well, yeah, you look like a hunter. Like, clearly. Are clearly, you hunting he snipes? Does not... No, 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 no. Uh, so far, <laughs> I have hunted zebra. Wow. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, I've hunted a, a, a variety of um, deer. I've hunted some goat. Like mountain goat, black goat. I didn't know there were so many goats. Uh, timber wolf. The wolves. Huh. Uh, some hyenas. Hey. Hyenas are hard. I don't know if you should say you're hunting an endangered species over air. Well, hyenas? No. Does anyone like no, them? No, not hyenas. They're all on the app. Wolves. Don't kill the wolves. We've shot some wolves. No, wait, wait. Oh, the, yeah. It's a killer app, by the way. And I've... I've moved through three levels of hunting. Okay, I do pheasant. I can take ten, I can take down ten pheasant. You know what else is fun? What's fun, Matt? Normally, when you hunt a pheasant, I'm assuming you would use a shotgun. Okay, not me. You use uh, an assault rifle <laughs> because it's harder. Hey, if one bullet won't do it, why not twelve? Yeah. But you got like two minutes to kill ten pheasants. Oh, and if if you just use a shotgun, it'll only take like forty five seconds. So I tried it with an assault rifle. <laughs> Super fun. It's all on an app. It's a great app. I'm going to show you. So out there in listener land, I don't even know why I'm telling you this, but I don't know. Are you going to actually start hunting? What do you mean? I'm already hunting. No, no, no. Are you, are you actually going to? You mean in real life? In real life. Oh, IRL. No. no way. Are you going to? No way. No? No, I'm not going to kill an animal. <laughs> That's awful. Just on my app. I feel bad every time I shoot one. <laughs> you feel really I'm guilty. the only guy that feels bad when I, I shoot it. I feel so bad, but got it's gamer an assault guilt. rifle. But you feel bad awesome. for doing something you didn't I, I actually do. really do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do feel bad because when you hit them, they roll and they flop all over. And you look at them, you're like, oh, man. Then I've told myself, no, they're just sleeping. <laughs> they're taking a forever it's nap. <laughs> it's a forever nap. But really, that's my empathy. I couldn't kill a real animal, so I just use an app. See, who says technology isn't changing the world for good? No, I like I like that you are feeling gamer guilt. Like that's uh, it's, is that what that's called gamer guilt? That's uh, what I've heard people refer it to. It's this really weird phenomenon where you made the choices to do something awful. Yeah, but well, yeah, you didn't but, really do any of it. I know, but some There's of the zero. games you play, 
you ought to have some guilt for. Well, hold on. Like this is just but, but hunting. It's, it's the same thing. It's you're doing something that you feel bad about, but really you didn't do anything. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I think that it's a healthy sign that if you're having gamer exactly. guilt, exactly. if you're becoming desensitized to killing people in a video game, I feel like Okay, it's answer not me this. Thing. Should you feel bad for killing a zombie? No. Good. Why not? Zombies because aren't real. They're not they're not real, yeah. Are they? What if in my hunt they want me to kill a unicorn? Okay, unicorns are very real. Totally real. No, no, no. Did you, bad. did you guys hear about the guy who uh, hunted the albino moose? <coughs> no. But it was, so there's a bit of an nice. there's a bit of an uproar. There's a hunter who uh, he he took his you know oh look I killed something photo where they like pick up the head or I don't know whatever they do you know hunter stuff. Um, but it was an, a big old albino moose. That's so messed up. Actually, that's really sad. It's, uh, you know, oh, that is sad. How many albino moose's moose and I'm gonna assume. <laughs> I'm assume not a lot. Well, of all of like, if you really want to kill a moose, why do you have to kill an albino moose? And that's the thing. Get the app. Technically, if you need a moose. Yeah, right. Get the app. Get the app. There's, there's an expansion to the app coming, or there's an update coming out soon. It's the white moose yeah. hunt. No, no, that's awful. I don't usually promote apps, but uh, today I'm going to. I don't know if it's promoting. <laughs> I play an app. I don't even know what it's called. It's called. I don't know. I'm waiting for it to load up. It's called, Wait, it's called Deer Hunter 2014. Deer Hunter 2014. It's not even 2014 yet. I know. That game is in the future. It's, I know. It's a, it, I'm ahead of the game. Hey, uh, another thing that I was thinking about. I saw Sky pull in today, and it freaked me out a bit. Um, no, it wasn't Sky, but it reminded me of Sky. Do you, uh, okay. A lady in a minivan. Okay. Definitely not Sky. <laughs> not Sky. <laughs> Reminding me of Sky. But a lady in a minivan, I pull up next to her. I look over. She's got these weird things coming off of her headlights. Okay? okay. Black things. Oh. And I'm like, I know which car you're talking Ooh, about. Are you I, talking about? Eyelashes. I, yeah. yeah. Eyelashes. For- it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Who puts eyelashes on their car? You know what that person did? They got a job and then they went to work. And then while they were at work, they spent time there per, you know, dollars per yeah. hour that they spent there. And then they they picked up that paycheck and then they went home. And then you know what they did? They said, I could buy food. I could buy something I yeah. like. I, I could, could invest movie, my money. I could save it. Right? I could put it in savings. No, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy eyelashes <laughs> to put on my car. Yeah. Or she thought, I could just pimp out my minivan with some eyelashes. Yeah. See, so we're going to bring Rob in on that one because Rob, nobody loves a car more than Rob. Cars are great. Have you ever um, put eyelashes on your car? No. I, I you keep the car factory. So so when something the radio breaks, you try to look on eBay for a nice or at least factory. a radio that looks factory. Yeah. And so eyelashes that's that's, that's not factory. That's not factory. Is that an add on? It's yeah. aerodynamically perverse to me. It's just like it's just nuts. Ugh. Anyway, I thought that was weird and so I thought of you, Sky. <laughs> I don't know why I He thought likes of you. what? He likes girls with long eyelashes. I mean, I get girls getting eyelashes, okay, because it's your face, but it's a car, and cars don't have eyes. Duh. You can always tell when a teenage girl is driving a car, though. Really, I mean, the well, stickers on the back or the eyelashes, and there's ten thousand things hanging from the rearview mirror. <laughs> yeah, at least ten thousand. Oh, okay, maybe more. twelve, but they're gaudy and awful. Fuzzy steer- <laughs> steering wheel cover. Uh, oh yeah, and fuzzy seat polka hold on. dots. I have, well, I have a fuzzy seat cover. Is it like fuzzy steering wheel? Well, yeah. Well, uh, do you have a teenage daughter, Matt? (laughs) No, I don't have that. That would be silly. Um, Guess what the show's on today? Anybody know? 
Hunting. I, I don't mean to brag, but here we go. It's on what I got a master's degree in. It, in fact, it's the very faculty member that sat and helped me get my ma- and helped me, I don't know, I guess sat on my committee for my master's thesis. That's not very nice. Dr. Scott Hammond <laughs> sit on the committee. Which, yeah, he sat on the whole committee. He he he's the man in this topic. Or he's he's your man in this topic. Yeah. Well, today he's everyone's man. He is. He's all of ours. Good friend and uh he's he wrote a book. He's been on the show before. We talked about him with the dog. Do you remember the search dog guy? Remember he's, he had search dogs? Fascinating. But stories. he didn't bring any of them in, which disappointed us tremendously. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are dog lovers. Uh, so we're having him on. Guess the topic? Dialogue. Dialogue is not discussion. Discussion comes from the root word percussion, concussion. It's a back and forth. Not a dialogue. Dialogue is an open discussion, open conversation, not a discussion. It's an open conversation where we're not here to convince you. We're here to just understand each other and create new meaning together. They need it somewhere in this country. Have you guys heard what's going on? Something's going on in D.C. I don't live under a rock. So, yes, I, I heard about it. Because all I remember is talking about the Redskins. On. Yeah, the Redskins. Yeah. Something's going on in D.C. <laughs> <laughs> ah, just kidding. Um they need some dialogue there. I'm going to send Scott personally back. I'm going to put him in a box. I'm going to box him up. I'm going to put some of those little peanuts in there. Wait, the edible ones or the... No, the ones so he doesn't get hurt. Or what... And I'm going to ship him back to D.C. And he's not allowed to come back home until he gets these people talking. Because that's crazy. How long have we gone without a functioning federal government? How Ten many years. Days? Well, functional? <laughs> 25 years. <laughs> you know, I was looking for a different number, but yeah. you're right. You're thinking days. <laughs> you're thinking hours. I was thinking days. No, years. No, you're right. <laughs> so we're going to have Scott go back and fix it because what they do is they all have this debate and everyone's coming from their position. And when we debate, actually, I don't know if you've noticed, nobody's listening. You're either debating or you're preparing your next monologue. Everyone's monologuing. It's called dueling monologues. Dialogue different. Dialogues where we start to share a conversation. Fill us in. You know all about this, Hannah Montana. You've been researching it for hours. Yeah, I actually. I don't have. Know if you know. I got a master's degree in it. No, I know. That's why I was actually feeling like pretty intimidated ago, when 20, I was looking at stuff yesterday when we were talking about the the topic, and you said, "What's the opposite of dialogue?" And I was like, "I don't know, silence." Miley Cyrus. Miley, Miley Cyrus. And you said debate. Um, I actually did debate in high school. You did? I did. I am a nationally qualified state champion. So Wow. I know Can how you to marry argue. Me? <laughs> Can I what? Can you perform a marriage? Oh. That's, that's yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that was an interesting proposal, Bryce. Oh, I'm not going to do that on the air. With your, you know, your girlfriend. I wonder I, how she's going to I need that. to know more about this. <laughs> okay. Anyways. So, um there's just a couple of things comparing dialogue and debate. Um so a lot of times what's interesting is leading up to a debate, uh, there actually is a lot of dialogue. But when you actually go into a debate Game session, on, huh? it's very much – You're trying to trap you know, them. Yeah. You want to you wanna make them look a fool. Um, so uh, common ground is the goal with a dialogue while in a debate winning is the goal. Win at all costs. Mm-hmm. Tell me that doesn't sound like DC right now. Come on. Come on. What's it, best for all of us? We need common ground. That's why we're doing this. We're doing the show to change you know, D.C. People say that. 
But then they have two different common grounds, and that's the source of the problem to begin with. No, but see, so that's the, that's why you need a dialogue, because in a dialogue, you actually create new understanding. So then you can create a new common ground. Well, the new understanding is that I still like what I like. No, but see, then you see, part of the dialogue is you'd be open to allow new understanding in and then change in, with appropriate change based on your new knowledge. But what if I have a sense that the other guy set the house on fire? Well, but if there's not information of why or how or when or where or what actually happened, then that's you're just making that decision without understanding. Because that guy might come back and say that he didn't start this fire. So you're saying it's okay if the house is on fire. No, I'm it's saying just, as it's long as we burning. compromise, half the house is on fire. No, we have to figure out what really happened. And what ends up happening in D.C. is everyone thinks they, they all have their position. And they're all so stuck in their position, they can't afford to hear the other position. They will not hear it. Even, and, and by the way, you have two people arguing truth. They're both truth. They both have positions. They're both right. From their perspective, the problem is the answer does not lie in either camp. The answer has to lie somewhere between the camps or maybe even in a new camp. But no one will even listen long enough to think there could be another camp or a third alternative. Come on! Matt, are you suggesting that there might be an alternative idea to the way that things work? Yes. Blasphemy. I know. That's what dialogue is <laughs> no, for. I think actually one of my favorite things on here is saying how di- di- dialogue is collaborative while debate is oppositional. Yes. And what's happening right now in Congress and in D.C. is that they're saying, oh, you know, I need to get my point across. What I want mm-hmm. needs to happen instead of saying, hey, this is a problem. What's the solution we can find together? Let's collaborate. Yeah. Let's figure out something that we can all agree upon. Do you remember yesterday's show? That was such a cool show about um, wisdom. Practical wisdom in the space between two ideas and everyone has their rule set and everybody has all these ideas, these things they have to have. But in the space between these two rules, there's also wisdom and wisdom would be the moral and ethical application in the space, in the moment. And we're not doing that. We're not doing that in D.C. We're just fighting. Now, I get it. Everyone's in a position. I get that. Problem is. The position, what if we could make a new position, like the position of an American? We need music right now. Cue the music. Do we have anything patriotic? I bet we don't have that because I could have gone right there. I could have gone with some seriously good cued music and a little national anthem thing. Mm. You can just kind of... Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner... <laughs> Quickly turn to boxing. Two thousand pounds. Boxing also corrupt. Anyways, but, see that's the so the idea is I, I promise you you're one disaster away from these guys figuring this out. All we need. I'm not calling down a disaster, by the way. But it, can you imagine? Do you remember the tsunamis in? Um, was it Phuket, Thailand? Is that where it was? Sumatra. Well, in there too, right? They went. They all. Can you imagine something like that happening to one of our coasts and we're fighting about the government and we're fighting about all of our stuff? You're one disaster away. Same thing I saw. Couple fighting and divorce. Divorce. Major debate. Debate, 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 debate. One child falls out of a window. Two stories fall, is in the hospital in critical condition. This couple got back together. Suddenly, things are put in perspective. Suddenly, we are not divided. We are entirely united. 
Well, I think with that example of people is that so often, you know, we can't fix really the debate that happens in our government or maybe even in the workplace. Just getting your ideas across, but in our personal relationships, it makes、yes. such a big difference to just talk about things、right. and have a dialogue. That's why we're doing this. We can't. So I don't even care to get political because I don't think this is political. This is messed up. This is people that don't know how to dialogue, and they're leading our country. And not just our country; they're leading the world. We all do this. So this isn't about any political party. This isn't even about a stalemate. This is about the art of dialogue and learning to communicate in a way that you're open to being influenced by others. Heaven forbid. And by the way, it also gives you more influence because the more I understand another person, the more I can influence them. We've got a guru coming in to teach us about dialogue. Dr. Scott Hammond will be joining us in a few minutes. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with Bryce Tobin. I think he's got something fun for us as well. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about a new form of communication. It's actually not a new form. It's actually quite old. It's like, we're just trying to bring it back. We're trying to restore sanity. Not just in politics, but、uh, in our families, in our marriages, and even with Sky and I.、Hmm. Between Sky and me, me and Sky, boy, I. Between you and the Sky. Between me and the Sky. <laughs> so、um, the, the new form of communication is called dialogue. It's not just discussion. It's not just debate. It's not an argument. It's not the strongest wins. It's not even just the best argument always wins because there's not a winner in dialogue. We both win. It's a win-win. It's what we call a win-win. It's new understanding, and hopefully, it creates change. We're doing this a to teach families, marriages, couples. It's a key to long-term relationships. It's huge in corporate America when we can listen to our our stakeholders and everybody that has a voice and use that voice to help direct the company. Huge, and it's also a big deal in politics. Change the world. Okay, now before we go to there to change the world, let's just change the little bit of the world and talk to Bryce. What you got for us, Bryce? You know, some people are really, really bad at、uh, making a point. Yes, they're pointless. They're point. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's right. Strong points stand on their own, but we can't always have the strongest points when we communicate. Sometimes I think the right call at this point would be to just throw in the towel. But we're humans; we don't always do things that make sense. We're prideful, so when we don't have the strongest of points, we resort to one of several logical fallacies to disguise our point as something stronger. So I'm going to snag a few fallacies and give examples to illustrate how not to communicate. There's the appeal to emotion. Now, emotion isn't bad. Strong points can evoke emotion, but they'll do that just fine on their own. Weak ideas will sometimes have emotions forcefully tied to them in an attempt to make you feel that emotion. Example: When someone says you shouldn't do that, what would your mother think? You see, they're forcing the guilt trip. Really, they have nothing substantial to offer as a reason why you shouldn't do whatever it is that you're wanting to do, but they hope bringing mom into it will stop you. There's the appeal to authority. This fallacy is pretty simple. It's based on the assumption that the best and brightest rise to the top. 
Therefore, anything coming from the top must be the most correct. Never mind the fact that otherwise brilliant leaders can be completely wrong on things. Example, in a work meeting, someone might say, well, the CEO says selling when the price is low and buying when the price is high is the right course of action. I mean, this is blatantly wrong, but for some reason, the speaker thought using the CEO's name would make it less wrong. Then there's the appeal to nature. I love this one. I say that sarcastically. It really infuriates me. It's such a cheap argument to make, but I really do love it because it's so easy to rip to shreds. The idea is that something is inherently better because it's natural. You hear this a lot with food and diet ideas. Example, someone will say, this bread is really healthy. It contains all natural whole grains and it doesn't have any chemicals in it. It's made just the way nature intended it. When I hear things like this, I mentally gag. A loaf of bread is not natural in any way. Besides, all matter in the universe is made up of chemicals. Those natural whole grains are made up of entirely natural chemical elements. Now, there are kinds of chemicals to look out for. These are heavy metals and radioactive elements. White bread doesn't contain any of this stuff. They test for it and they can't sell it unless it's clean. Eat away. And the last one I'm going to use is ad hominem. This one is a lot like the opposite of the appeal to authority. It assumes that bad people can't make a strong point because the source of the information is bad. Therefore, the point must be bad. But here's something I want you to chew on. Joseph Stalin said, A single death is a tragedy. A million deaths is a statistic. Idi Amin said, You can't run faster than a bullet. And Adolf Hitler said, He alone who owns the youth owns the future. So here's some of the worst people in recent memory. Are they wrong? Because according to ad hominem, You can in fact run faster than bullets. The youth now will have no influence on the future. Future, and a single death is not a tragedy, nor is a million deaths somehow regarded as not as bad in our morally upside-down societies. Come on now, there can be a diamond in the rough, even if there's a lot of rough. And you don't have to like the rough either, but you can't say the rough is wrong just because it's mostly rough. So when we talk, argue, or inform, use strong points. If you don't have a strong point to make, acknowledge its limitations, and don't use logical fallacies. They're cheap. Alright, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. I don't know that I've I've seen you put more energy into a bit than that. And I was talking about Idi Amin, so... You I know. mean, I've also never had an Idi, Idi Amin quote brought in. Well, you know. See, but that's how you can create a dialogue. Anything can be brought into the dialogue. Anything can. I don't know if it should, but anything can. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you ought to source that. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, maybe you could have found another source. Go look for Helen Keller quotes. Oh, okay. She'll never let you down. Um, when you think about it, though, it's true. We, what, this is the deal. We sometimes take an argument, and because we don't know anything else to do other than argue or debate or whatever, we just we tend to um, we tend to just pull out the debate like a club, and we just start pounding on someone. And the reality is, maybe there's another way. And I'm not just talking, you know. Crazy, oh yeah, frou frou beasts, you know, soft Happy with each flowers other. and Mm-mm. unicorns and butterflies. I'm not. Unicorns and strawberry yogurt. There comes a point, and I've actually found this dramatically with couples that are in conflict 80 to 90% of what they argue about, they actually agree on. They agree. If you actually point out, so do you agree that we shouldn't be unfaithful to each other? They would, they, yes. they would even the guy that was unfaithful was like, oh, for sure. I mean, that was totally wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and do you agree that, you know, that maybe there's a time, too, that you can also forgive? And that it would be healthy sure. to forgive. No, no, well, no, I'm not saying I won't forgive. It's just. So what are we arguing about? And they look at me like, I don't know. <laughs> but there's something else we're arguing about. That's what we never get to is the deeper point, because we're always debating and never trying to understand what the deeper issues are. So we've got the expert 
Dr. Scott Hammond is going to be joining us. He is an organizational development consultant. He's also the clinical professor of management in the John Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. He's going to be joining us and teaching us this other way of communicating. So if you have an issue with another person on this crazy ball of mud, you're not making progress and you want to learn to communicate better, stick with us for about the next 45 minutes. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, honored to be sitting next to Dr. Scott C. Hammond, who raised me from a pup. <laughs> no, he didn't, but he did. Uh, People he, will think you're raised. Oh, that's true. That's right. <laughs> who actually started raising me from a pup, but then turned me over to animal control. But Scott is a—he's a good friend. But um, he—he really—it's interesting because we kind of we followed very similar paths, a little journalism path. I was getting a master's degree at Brigham Young University, and um, also working for a company called Franklin Covey at the time, trying to get a master's degree. But my master's was in uh, communications, mass communications, I guess is what it was. But I, I was tired of doing journalism because I was tired of talking about hair, makeup. And, and how to conflict. Print, yeah, and conflict. Yeah. And, and and have the constant conflict. gnawing of yeah. yeah, negative conflict all day long. So then, you know, I I was pretty much spent all my time that they allow you to get a master's and they're like, Matt, you really gotta get your your thesis done. So I went to Scott, because Scott had kind of moved on from mass communication, having worked in journalism for years, and um you then started getting into this new field. It's kind of an organizational behavior area-ish. We'd call it dialogue. But it's dialogue. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you say it's new, but it's not new. No, no, it's not y- new It's ancient. Yeah. No, Adam and Eve used yeah. it. Yeah, we think. We assume. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, they, they, they would not it? have inherited the earth. That's exactly. <laughs> they wouldn't have gotten the earth. Isn't that – But you, so explain dialogue because it sounds all frou-frou and kind of new age. and But the reality is – our country right now needs it desperately. Not, I'm not making a political statement here. I'm making a reality process-based statement. We don't have a process to get through the mire we're in because we want to debate. Absolutely. That's, and that's the difference between dialogue and uh, – which is a discovery kind of a mode. Yeah. And this dialectic, legalistic, yeah. you t- you're right, I'm wrong kind of approach that we have in most families in uh-huh. our communication, in most classrooms in our communication, certainly in courtrooms right. in our communication, and certainly now in the media. Even in how we educate people, it's kind of – you put the teacher at the front, the teacher just downloads the truth. Yeah. We don't necessarily engage a lot of conversation where everyone can explore the truth and find the truth. And, and how is that truth discovered right. that the teacher preaches? It's, exactly. it's discovered because – Yeah, up my, I'm, I argue with uh-huh. someone. They sh- shoot at me until I'm tested. Right. And then it's all conflict-based. Isn't that it? So, yeah. so the concept then, we communicate – is this just Western America, Western world? 
is is this true in Asia? Is this true? It it is a very Western way of doing things. Honestly, it's it confrontational. Is, it is very confrontational. It it arises out of our legal system in a lot of ways. Yeah, and um, and yeah, it is a very Western way of doing it. The Zulu tribe in South Africa, for example, yeah. has a way of uh, if they come to a real big decision point, they may take two or three days, and all of the tribal elders come together. These are all all the warriors. Yeah, um, they sit in a circle. Yeah, and then they ha- their rule of dialogue is that the youngest has to speak first. The person who knows the least L- has to speak Listen to the most. First. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? How symbolic. Listen to the children. The children will teach the adults, right? Yeah. But, but you We're know, all when, open. We, when we come in, when I come in as a professor oh, yeah. or when I come in as the dad, yeah, yeah. you know, I wanted some reverb effect there. The <laughs> we don't dad, do reverb. You know, and, and, you know, when I come in as that authority figure, I want to speak the truth, right. you know, and I want people to listen and go, dad, you're so right. Yeah. I wish I'd thought of that, you know. And we're just so conditioned oh, man. to that. Well, you think know. of it, though. We don't – we think as a freshman in college, you don't have as much insight as the college professor who's been at it for 50 years. Yeah. But well, you, you have incredibly valuable insight that is already – you already know a lot of what the professor is going to teach you. You may just not know the term he's going to use. Yeah. But, but you have already experienced. But as a professor, speaking, yeah, you yeah. have to assume ignorance, uh-huh, right? Right. So you're trained yeah. to assume that that person is ignorant. Yeah. And uh, you know, as a, as the father of a teenage son, I assume, assume ignorance. That's right. You know? And the truth so of the true. matter is that 15 year old kid is picking up some things in school that yeah. I don't get. Oh, right. You know, and he has having experiences that I don't get. Right. And even yesterday, my son John got to brag about this. He came to my college class. Um, I had a, a problem with the technology. Without asking, without blinking, <laughs> he walks to the front of the class and fixes it. You know, this is a class that has a oh, paid facilitator. Man, Scott. In it. Oh, really? A yeah. paid facilitator to help with the media because it's broadcast to a lot of locations. But he's the one who can just knew exactly what to do, didn't hesitate. Oh. And I'm sitting there going, and he's ignorant? Yeah, yeah. You know, he well, knows things. He's a child. He's just a child. He's a teenager, Isn't you know. That all of these things. See, so, so part of dialogue then is to assume everybody has something to add. Yeah. And that what they have to add is of equal value. And part of the thing that keeps us from doing it is this these assumed hierarchies that yeah. we have. We like the hierarchy, huh? Because yeah. so, it kind of keeps status quo. I'm the boss mm-hmm. or I'm the the professor or I'm the department chair right. or I'm the manager and I'm the dad and the, this is a pyramid and you're down here yeah. and it keeps people it's in It's a pyramid scheme. So you've got to be willing to let go of some power. Oh, I hope Washington's here. You have to be willing to let go of being right and some of the power issues. Well, notice, though, America's ticked. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever, Congress's rating is at 5% acceptance rating. I mean, what's it called? Is it up to that? Yeah, 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 they've they've really peaked up. (laughs) But, I mean, everybody's, everybody's numbers are low because America's sick of it. We all get that there's political divide, yet somebody's got to start dialoguing, leading the dialogue. It's interesting. You mentioned the Zulu sit in a circle. So the model of a dialogue then is a circle mm-hmm. versus a triangle. The triangle where it says the top man knows, everyone just drops it down. Well, what if, okay, what if John Boehner invited the president to come up and said, we're going to get Congress together, including the Senate, have a joint session. And by the way, we're not going to leave the Capitol until it's done. 
<laughs> you have to sleep on a cot. You have to that sleep in the gym. So yeah, great. shower in the gym. Yeah. But we're going to stay here until this problem is solved. I so love it. everybody has to show a yeah. level of commitment. Oh, they'd, to solving they'd this all problem. be political for probably three weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't even let him shower, and I, I'd make him sleep. I'd make him sleep on the mall, the National Mall, uh-huh. in cots. In cots, as winter starts. Uh, Do you want to bet? You're being punitive I, here. Yeah, but what would happen? What would happen? That's how eventually the politics would go away when and some understanding would start wouldn't yeah. it but i do think i think you have to create a space for yeah. collaboration and it has to be a safe space so unfortunately even though we believe in transparency and openness yeah. you know there comes a time when you have to go in and close the door and let so that, people say what they can say yeah let and everybody so be safe honest so they don't get beat up everywhere but they they have to be real on the floor yeah and one great place that you see the spirit of this mm-hmm. now, a year and a half ago i got a chance to go to the national prayer breakfast in washington dc and there were you know president obama and most of the senate and most of the cabinet were all there um and then a few of his, you know five thousand of his closest <laughs> friends you know and we paid a lot of money to do this but but there were all of these tables in the hilton there yeah. and everybody's sitting there and they the president gives a speech and the media records the speech and then as soon as the president's speech is over they um close the session, s- session and the media is no longer there and people can talk brother to brother, sister to sister, you uh-huh, know, neat. kind of a thing. And it is is such a wonderful spirit. It's they the doors can had to close. do it. We yeah. know. You've I've seen, seen it. it. They can do it. But the doors had to be closed and the press kind of had to – because that's what makes it less safe for them politically, right? Yeah. And we talk about dialogue and, the, of course, the media yeah. to a large extent fans the flames of right. conflict. Well, they need the conflict, right, to sell the paper. Yeah. So when the media is vested in conflict, not in that dialogic solution. Mm, that is huge. So. Like it really – I mean the funny thing is I did my whole master's thesis on it. I know it works. I've used the same principles with couples. I just used them with board, a board of directors. It works. Yeah. It's just you have to create the conditions. So by the way, I didn't give you a proper uh, – I didn't recognize you properly, Scott. Um, Scott, just so you know, is a clinical professor of management in the John Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. And that is cool in and of itself. But he also – is a volunteer search and rescue worker with Rocky Mountain Rescue Dogs and a member of the National Search and Rescue Team. Is that what it is? Association. Association. So, yeah. He's also an award-winning author of Lessons of the Lost, Wayfinding in the in Work, Life, and the Wilderness. And you can get that at Lost.com. If you go to the book lo, or the website, Lost.com. Lessonsofthelost.com. Oh, oh yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The Lessons of the Lost.com in almost any bookstore. But so. what's cool – here you are, professor. You get to go to the prayer breakfast. You have a killer wife, wonderful kids, and for some reason it's the dog thing that I just keep can't get, can't get out of my head. <laughs> well, dogs dogs are magical creatures. But uh, you got to read the book, folks. Lessons of the Lost: Wayfinding and Work, Life in Wilderness. That is about your experience and the lessons of helping people that are lost find their way. Yeah, and we've done a a show on that before, but it's, yeah, I love talking about lost person behavior and dialogue is a solution. That's what I'm sitting there thinking that uh, we're lost. Yeah. And it's not just, it's again, families are lost. We don't know how to have a conversation that's not your way or my way, right? Oh, yeah. Is that just, is that just our fight or flight? What is that? Well, one of the things that I like, have you seen the movie or the show Blue Bloods? It's a, 
It's Tom Selleck's latest um, sort of show. Is Tom Selleck still around? Yeah, this is the Tom. <laughs> I have not seen Tom. My probably. wife loves Tom Selleck, yeah, so well, we have to watch it. Right. Yeah. But the great thing, it's about a family of police. He's the police commissioner in New York, and then okay. everybody at the table yeah. is a policeman. And uh, and so it's really a cop show. But every show begins and ends at this thing. A lot of your listeners and many of us have forgotten what it is, the dinner table. Oh, the table. The table, the dinner table. The you dialogue. Know, the, the, it's that object in mm-hmm. your kitchen. Hold on. It's is it by the bar? Is it by the yeah, breakfast yeah. bar that you it, said? It's it? square round <laughs> and you usually have a lot of papers on it. Yeah, yeah. But in previous generations, people used to actually sit down and have dinner together and talk Daily. as a family and get rid of all the distractions yeah. or even have breakfast. Breakfast, oh, you know, one together. Meal. Yeah, one meal a but day. The, the, together. So that was like the place of uh, Covey called it the altar. Yeah. So that's kind of where they'd all come together and 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 commune, and connect, commune. and make sense of uh-huh. what happened in the day. And there's not a right and a wrong mm. going on there. Right. There's a what happened in your day. Is what the, did you make sense? What was the meaning? And the TV was off. Yeah. And the cell the phones, phones were, were put away. And you couldn't sit there and text while no, you were talking no, no. at the table. It's but it's almost like we it, we shut that down a lot. It seems like a dialogue might get started by a kid saying, "John was so rude at school today. He hit this girl," and then he starts telling a story, and the dad might go off, or the mom's like, "Don't talk about Johnny that way." And we correct it instead yeah. of allowing, just allow. We can allow an idea out. And just let it float there. You don't have to sink an idea, even if you don't like it, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. You can just float. And if it's worthy, what's the word that they use? Uh, if it's coherent, coherent, it'll stay floating yeah. in the pool. If it's not coherent, it'll sink. Yeah. We've all heard something stupid said. And half the time you don't have to say, well, that was stupid. Everyone in the room knows it was stupid. Yeah, it just goes away. But if you fight it, it actually – it seems to embolden the idea more. Yeah, and I've started – I've used that – I've made a lot of stupid remarks, so I I can back that up. Welcome to my world. (laughs) So bad. Okay, Scott, we're going to take a break. We're talking with Dr. Scott Hammond, Scott C. Hammond, because there's other Scots out there. Uh, Really awesome man. Clinical professor of management at the John Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University and – Rocky Mountain Rescue Dogger. Is that a word? Yeah, you can make it one. I just made it one. <laughs> we'll be right back. Uh, this is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Hoedown. There's our hoedown music. Today we're talking about dialogue, which is a form of communication that uh, the country needs, along with the families. All of us need it. Um, it's, it's, it's a way to, to have like an open discovery. So instead of trying to move something quickly to a solution and a fix, we, we try to dialogue and create a discovery until you, it, it creates buy-in, it creates better understanding. It helps you find another, like a, the third alternative. So instead of my way or your way, it's a new way. Um, and we're joined with Dr. Scott uh, Hammond is joining us. He's an organizational consultant, development consultant, professor, clinical professor. What is that? But my Well, it's my greatest claim to fame is that I'm your friend, but 
But a clinical professor is somebody who has, actually tries to do things. Oh, now, I don't necessarily blah, blah, blah. succeed. No, but. But that's actually true that you – because you've done stuff with like UN and you've done some big stuff. A lot of different things but and I've been really lucky to do that. But you know, the principle here is exactly the same. Right. You're talking about in a very macro way using right. it in Washington, D.C. And we're also talking about a microwave microwave using it in a – Like a relationship. A relationship. Yeah. And, um, They're the same principles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what, what are – so what are the conditions? For dialogue, well, that, that, that I guess that can be used, whether it's the principle for the family, but it's one that we can extrapolate and make bigger to any level of communication. You know, a really good place to start if your listeners are saying, "How do I do this?" You know, mm-hmm. this is you know, another one of those great right. Matt Townsend yeah, show idea. ideas. Blah, you know, blah, blah. But how do I actually do this? Yeah. The Quakers have a oh, wonderful thing yeah. called a clearness committee, yeah. and you know about this. Yeah. A clearness committee is say I wanted to was thinking about getting married, and I had uh-huh. this wonderful woman in mind, and but I wasn't quite sure. You know, you have some doubts. You have some doubts. Yeah. You want to talk about the implications. So what I would do is I would go to trusted people. They call they say your elders, yeah. but but your elders can be any trusted person, and you get a committee together of three or four, or five or six people. I've done this in a Quaker clearness committee before. I've have sat you really? Yeah. And, you know, I was just privileged for this man to come to me and say, will you sit in my committee? Oh, wow. And then you sit in this committee and they, you have to agree to be there all day. Yeah. Um, now, it may so not take open all day. open-ended. Open-ended. So it's a safe space. It's uninterrupted. And then your role on that committee, and this is really cool, is to ask only non-prescriptive questions. So you can't lead the witness. No, you can't lead the witness. So to understand what a non-prescriptive question is, I'll show you what a prescriptive question yeah. is. Matt, have you thought about seeing a therapist about that? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a yeah, that's there's huge. a real solution. You just told me something. Built right into yeah. that, you know. Yeah. Have you thought about seeing yeah. some, you know. Have you thought about her drug habit? Yeah. You know, that that's that's mm-hmm. a prescriptive question. Yeah. So a non-prescriptive question would be Tell me more about that. Why do you feel that way? Uh-huh. What do you think will happen if you do that? Because the assumption in the Quaker religion is that the truth is in you and that you already know the yeah. truth and, and that all you need to do is surface that truth. Can you imagine oh, a wow. parent asking only right. non-prescriptive questions? Yeah. Like instead of – so no advice, yeah. no leading the witness, no throwing out your opinion in your question. It's just a question. Yeah. Have you thought about all the ramifications of such a decision? What tell us more what you've thought about. You know, yeah. and, and le- let them just let them talk it out themselves. Let them talk it out, yeah. And, you know, go back to fifteen year old son. Yeah. We just did a road trip, got back this morning, got back for your show. Did you really? And uh and you know, it works. Even with fifteen year old sons so who, you who listen, don't want to talk to you, yeah. you know. Uh, say more about that. Well, why do you feel that way? You know, you and after about committee. the third or the fourth time, they really like you. If you're on a date, you're oh, yeah. on a date and, and you want to get to know somebody and you uh-huh. ask three or four non prescriptive questions in a they're going to come away all starry-eyed and go, oh, he's such a nice guy. He <laughs> listens so nice. He's such you know? a great listener. But yeah. what's funny is I, I can see the idea that when someone's out there thinking, well, OK, but, you know, I've been around the block. Yeah. And I know what this kid needs, and I know that that girl is not what this kid needs. By the way, he's he probably knows too, which is why he's doing a clearing committee. Yeah, or is it clearness? Clearness, clearness committee. Yeah. and um, he knows too. But if you if you argue it, he'll have to defend it. Yeah, and if you don't argue it and you just invite questions, the the information will start to come out, and he'll get clearness. Yeah. 
And the thing, the issue there really is that when you discover your own truth, you're committed to it. You're in. When you have to be convinced of somebody else's truth, it takes a while, oh, and yeah. then you know it's hard to buy in. It's so once huge. in a while, it's hard, and this is what's also what's going on in Washington. Yeah. Sit down and listen to each well, other for it. heaven's sakes. That's just a, sit down twisting and each listen. other's arms, huh? and so it's not. No one's coming to a new idea because we have to defend where we are. The old ideas. It's it's all defense oriented. You know, we did this in Washington D.C. once. There was a large federal agency. They were trying to make some very significant changes, and we sat with a group of seventy people for five days in a hotel room. Oh my heavens! Working out, doing dialogue, and it was structured mm-hmm. dialogue. I mean, very structured, carefully planned work. Um, but we made 56 changes to this agency that were very dramatic. And um, But the thing that the, – the real telling story here is that 22 of those 56 items were unimagined by anyone in the room wow. until they sat down and dialogued. And that's what dialogue does for uh-huh. you. It gives you that idea, that, that thing that you don't know is possible yeah. yet. Or you, add, you yeah. haven't yet imagined. Right. Well, but but everyone in, else would have said earlier – yeah, oh, we don't do that. Yeah, yeah, that can't be done. Yeah. But all of a sudden, it's now a real idea. Or or it's something that just never came – and nobody understood. Nobody's thought and, and actually, this is one of the things – scientists are very interested in this process mm-hmm. because most scientific problems these days are much bigger than one person can solve. The genius yeah. Einstein kind of person can't solve the problem anymore. No, like the cancer. problem's too big. Yeah. Right. So you have to have these highly collaborative mechanisms where somebody understands one part of it and somebody else understands another part of it yeah. and you come together and have these collective yeah. ahas. It's, it seems like though – like cancer is a great example because it almost seems like the system itself is competitive. So the, cure, the race for the cure for cancer should be a cooperative process and it seemingly is probably on certain levels – but on other levels, it's just highly competitive. Oh, yeah. And that competition is probably stalling the solution because the solution I, I've always envisioned is in like five labs. Mm-hmm. But these people don't talk. They can't talk. That's, it's interesting. The founder or the granddaddy of Dialogue was a physicist. Yeah, you're da- talking about David Bohm. David yeah. Bohm. And, and he um, actually uh, – and I mean he's sort of the modern yeah. – uh, guru of this yeah, area. Yeah. I mean, he was this a, has gone back for, a physicist, you know. and, and I don't know if he won a Nobel Prize, but he was that quality yeah. of a physicist. And he began to look at religion and say, you know, religion is absence, absent from physics. This was in the 70s, and there, people just keep those two apart. So he began to talk with spiritual leaders and religious leaders, and then they started having dialogues in his home. And then other people who studied literature, this was in Oxford, you know, and other places, wow. wanted to come and yeah. wanted to participate. And so it was this transcendence yeah. of different disciplines that brought them to some new science, brought them to some spiritual insights, mm-hmm. and certainly brought them to appreciate each other more. It's huge. So I mean, it seems it seems like one of the keys of it is uh, I think you mentioned it is um, it's a temperature thing. So it's approaching the communication in a way that it doesn't have to boil over real fast. You just kind of keep it at a nice. Simmer almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For well, five well, days, apparently. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to have you have to have a common interest yeah. in order to do this. So you have to. There has to be one mutual common interest. That's what's missing in Washington. Right. What you're saying right now is there's you know there's just there's not that honoring of the process of democracy right. in the minds of either side. Yeah. You or know? even like a respect of of politics. Like it used to be a real good politician could find ways to bridge stuff. Yeah. 
And now it's that that was the statesman was the one that could bridge. It's almost like now it's no. Now you stand your ground and I want to be right. Yeah. You know, and and you sort of go that way. So you you do have to create the self the the safe space. Yeah. And and then and and slow down. It has to go slow. Yeah, it has to go slow. It always goes slow. Now it goes slow to go fast. Exactly. I mean it really And I've seen you do that. I mean it's it's brilliant because you don't even like once you get one of the groups talking, it's hard for it, like it's sometimes it's hard for you not to intervene because you want to like jump oh. on and get going. But you, you are the most. You just sit back and you let this thing start to happen, and then they own it. These people start owning this discussion, and it takes on its own life. It is the need. Of, you call it transcendence, but they get they get frustrated along. Oh the yeah, way. oh I no, mean, and they, then they, it blows up, and then they piece it back together, and certain people say stuff that they. Would never have said in a less safe environment, but you stay out of it and you let the you kind of let the system do the work. Yeah, but you know what always happens if you're there for one or two or three days is they'll think that it's going nowhere and they're chasing yeah. their tails, and then they'll have that twenty minutes of aha, yeah, you know, and incredible. the whole group just sort of sinks, yeah, yeah no, in I've seen that. harmony and comes together, and that's what you're striving for. That's what all of that work mm-hmm. and planning, and then the. the Goes for, and you do this in your family too. You know, you have those dinners, and they just you know you don't think you're making a project. You don't, you know, you're just not going anywhere. And long road trips, and we're talking, we're trying to get, and then it really comes through in these short moments where you go, it worked. That one conversation that the kids forever could hardly, you know, wait to leave the table. Now they're there for three hours, engaged, yeah, asking questions, and it's yeah, yeah. When when power when you needed. When they needed you, you were there. Mm. And, you know, so it is fun stuff. Scotty Hammond. Dr. Scotty Hammond. Clinical Matt, you're professor. the only one who could call me that. I know, I know. <laughs> and I only do it on radio because you'll get me. Uh, we're going to come back with Dr. Scott Hammond, uh, clinical professor, meaning he gets it done. He goes out and actually does the work of management in John Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and give you more tools to get dialogue going at home, in your own life, at work. Hopefully give you a leg up in uh, how to communicate. He's got some great basic dialogue rules we're going to go through after the break. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, second hour, up and at him. We're doing it. Scott, you always look at me like I'm crazy. You think I'm crazy? Nope. You've been real quiet today. I know. I think I'm tired. No, I know you're tired. You've been yawning through yeah. the whole show. No Sorry. offense to Scott, because he's he's engaging. You just Well, plus you got me addicted to this hunting game now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. See, doesn't that beat killing real animals? does right, now you're can. just killing brain cells <laughs> yep. on your silly little lap well today we're talking about dialogue another form of communication uh you know that facilitates discovery it facilitates understanding we don't have to just debate and push our agendas maybe we could open up and learn and uh, allow the learning to kind of convert change in other people instead of 
using our strong rhetoric to convert the change. We're joined with, uh, by Dr. Scott C. Hammond. He's an organizational development consultant, clinical professor of management in the John Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. He's also a volunteer search and rescue worker with Rocky Mountain Rescue Dogs and a member of the National Search and Rescue Association. And really, engagingly, my, one of, it's one of my favorite reads recently, uh, Lessons of the Lost, Wayfinding in Work, Life, and the Wilderness. That's an award-winning uh, book that Scott wrote about um, being a rescue worker, uh, ma- taking the rescue dogs up and helping find people that are lost. And then discovering how they discovered themselves, really. I mean, because there's always the story, huh? Oh, there's incredible stories from people who've been lost, and we've all been lost oh, no. before. Every, so. And see, because the lost is a metaphor, not just lost in the woods, but some of us are lost in our marriage, lost in our values. Some in D.C. are lost in their way. <laughs> oh, yeah. And one of the things, lostness by definition is a brand new experience in your life. Lostness. So, yeah, lostness. So if you if you're... If you've been there before and have the and have a solution at hand, you're not lost. Being lost is having an absolutely new situation in front of you, which is what really a dialogue could be. A communicate it's an it could be a communication experience where you get into a whole new level. That, that that's hard because we sit in the room, or you might be sitting listening to somebody thinking, "Yeah, I know this. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I know it." So that's somebody that hasn't. They're not at a level yet of hearing or understanding to hear it at a new level. Yeah. We we if if it feels the same to us, it doesn't mean it's the same, right? Yeah, absolutely. It just it's only to us that it feels the same. Yeah. But to create a dialogue, you you want to try to maintain and you'll give us some rules uh guidelines um because you can't have rules and rules, dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> and dialogue. That just brought back a really bad memory. Rules. Scott sat on my masters, he was my chair of my masters thesis. And, and, he, and we did pass you. We totally passed yeah. me. But Some you, money you, may have exchanged hands, yeah, but we did pass you. Tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> but you, you had to keep drilling in my head. Dialogue, you can't. You don't want to f- make it too formulaic. So it's not like you can just say, "Here are the rules yeah. now," because it's really, it's just that moment where it all kind of changes, and all of a sudden you see your kids in the conversation in a different way. That you haven't seen them. Well, it's a lot like um, the difference between a symphony, which we all love. We yeah. all love classical music that's nicely scripted, and the audience isn't part of that performance. Really, they can right. clap afterwards. Yeah. And jazz, where you know, the, you just don't really know what's going to yeah, happen. You know always, where it's going. and the audience can jump in and applaud when somebody uh-huh. has a good solo. Yeah, you know, and there's this interchange, and 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 dialogic is much more like mm-hmm. jazz. What's that called? There are fewer rules. No, and, and, there but, are some but, guidelines, but you have to you know? pay incredible attention you have to you also have to have kind of a certain level of safety to be able yeah. to go off on a on a riff is that the word is it a riff a lick a lick a lick a lick whatever okay There's <laughs> a lick but, but you yeah have to, like an improv solo so but you, you have to have a rhythm yeah you have to, set you have a to rhythm, be in it so a common you have to, you, rhythm you have to almost sit in it long enough to get in the groove the rhythm then enough confidence to go when you can go and then when you're going Everybody kind of needs to sense, oh, he's going. There he goes. There yeah. he goes. And they can back off. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. 
It's a dance. But then you have to be able to self-extract. You, uh-huh. know, you have to be able to step out. I'm done now. Remember the drum solos that went too long? Oh, in yeah, the yeah, 80s? yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And they just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, it's like it's somebody not, tell okay, the we're drummer. We're done with this. You know? <laughs> that's not cool. You know, Turn you, his mics off. Yeah. So you, know, you have to be able to self-extricate. <laughs> yeah. And that's really hard for all of us is no. to say, you know, I'm ready to be quiet yeah. or I should be quiet now. And But even the mere fact that you're noticing – I've been I've been consuming a lot of the moment. Mm-hmm. That very concept that you're now self-aware enough to know I'm consuming a lot of this conversation right now. I probably ought to start listening. Then you can use another another skill of let's start listening. Yeah. Let's understand more. Bring it in more. Let's go over yeah. those rules. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Uh, first one, um, speak only for yourself. And then the question there is, well, who else could you speak for? You know, <laughs> I'll speak for everybody. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to speak for – but people do that. Yeah. I mean – and professors do that. I do that when I'm a professor because uh-huh. I come in and say, research oh, suggests – That's all you have to say. You know, Once you throw out research, yeah, or scholars the, believe. Or textbook reverb. Can uh-huh. we get reverb again? Yeah. You know? uh, we don't do reverb. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, all of these different yeah. authoritative voices that we yeah. speak for, um, you see that in, in church settings where people say, the strict yeah. scriptures say, you know, and then right. what it really is is what they want to say yeah. with authority. And they use that – they can use that scripture. Yeah. Right. So it's so much it, – it reduces the heat as you were talking yeah. about. It lowers the heat when you say, my feeling is. Yeah. In my or, view. In mm-hmm. my view. or And so you own it. Mm-hmm. It's my view. It's not the truth or what I've seen. It's just what I've seen. Yeah. And so I guess you, you shouldn't know? say stuff like, everyone with a brain – Yeah. Knows that this is this and this. Now, Matt, you have you've been listening to all of the heat coming out of Washington. Yeah. Almost every sentence is pre- prerequisite. Uh, if you really cared about being yeah, an American, that's right. You know, that's right. then you would. Th- you know, and you're going, jeez. See, and that just heats you know. it up, doesn't it? Oh, it's, and then they have to react to it because you're saying we're not American. Yeah, and now we're fighting about who's an American. Yeah, and it's just oh, it just inflames it. Well, so, and it's interesting. Even talking about it, it inflames us. It inflames me. It's like. Ugh. Yeah, you, you, well, we were mad about them being mad. Yeah, is what that, it comes down to. that's how dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, so one rule: speak for yourself. Speak, and then the second one is build on what other people have said. You don't have to tear it down. No, you don't have to tear it down, but build on it. So it says, Matt, I was listening to you, mm-hmm. and you said da 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 da, and that made me think about this and think about and it. Just in this add way. right onto it. Yeah. So you add on to that, and that makes you feel listened to. That gives you a, an affirmation that I at least heard what you said. Yeah. You know, yeah. So build on what other people have said, and you, you, if there are parts of it you disagree with, you don't have to necessarily acknowledge that, but take the part you do agree with yeah. and build on it. I love that. So that's that's a that's real a great parenting thing. tip. Any communication tip is because if you move on without building on it, I'm wondering if you got it. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. So if you can actually enhance, so so what you just said there about this, this, and this, I think that's a really cool idea. And what if we, what if you also looked at this? And added to it, you can all of a sudden start adding to what they're saying, even if it's even if you don't agree. Yeah, so I just, you can add I, to I, it. I, I went, years ago. I was at a restaurant, and there was this young woman, beautiful young woman. I was single at the time. You're, you're like, like hey, young woman. what's and a lady she's like you doing? Talking to her dad, you know, and she's dad. I think I ought to do this, and dad, I think I ought to do that. And well, dad, I'm, <laughs> I like this guy, and you know, they're just. And I'm thinking, what a great relationship these two have, you know, yeah. that she could. Talk to her dad and just lay it all out like that. And and then uh, she says, so, Dad, what do you think? Dad, 
Dad, he's Dad, asleep. have you been listening to any of this? Oh, no. you know? oh, and yeah, he's he's asleep or somewhere yeah. else. It didn't matter. And it just, you know, it, 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 that listening is so Huge. important. Listening to what your own listening, how you're listening mm-hmm. to others is important and listening and building on what other people have said. So the third one for me is listening to your listening. How am I listening? Am I doing yeah. a good job listening yeah. to Matt? Am I even paying attention? Yeah. What am I doing right now? And And, and so, again, we go back to Washington. All of these people – are not even, Mm-mm. you know, they're just talking in sound bites. Yeah. Stick to the talking points. The PR person told me to say da 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 da. That's what I'm going to say. You know, well, they just got in trouble. I don't even know their names, but two of them just got together and said, and you could actually hear the politics behind the debate. And they were they were supporting each other. Yeah, I think we've got them now. I think they're going to have to capitulate because we've now got them against the ropes. And yeah. all of a sudden, you see, you saw the backside. Of this whole stalemate, and you're thinking, "Oh boy, yeah, it's that's... it's like dysfunctional family times." Yeah. But in a way, that's actually yeah. probably really healthy because it forces. Oh, great! Deal with that. Yeah. That's listening to the listening. We all just listen to stuff you're saying behind the scenes. Yeah, that's powerful in a way because it opened it up. But now people un- are like, hmm. unfortunately, we're really only seeing what's going on stage. That's right. That's exactly not right. Behind the not scenes behind the real doors. Yeah. Huge. So those are important. Then the th- fourth one is suspend your certainties. That's huge. So, and, you know, that doesn't mean that you have to let go. Yeah, you're not, a, you're not dumb. So, you know, you don't have to say, OK, I'm going to suspend the fact that I really don't agree with, you know, an issue mm-hmm. maybe as sensitive as abortion. I really don't agree with that. Yeah. But, but if somebody wants to yeah. talk about that, you at least need to put it aside right. so that it's not – your disagreement is not occupying such a space in the room that they can't feel like they've been right. heard. And that you can't be – you can't be – you can still be open to influence – and care and have empathy and love and understanding for someone. And then you can always go back and pick up your point, but it'll be actually a, a new point for you, it seems like, because you now have a new set of eyes. If yeah. somebody could explain, you know, major abuse and whatever, and, and they explain it to you in such a way that you actually have this empathy, okay, now go pick up your idea again about abortion or whatever. And it seems like it would make it something new. Yeah. It's not the same. Anti-abortion position you had. There's the quote. You, I think you taught it to me. You never step into the same river twice. Yeah. And so if you're open to somebody to influence you, we're just afraid. I don't want to change my view. Yeah. You, right now in dialogue, it's not about changing. Just suspend. You suspend it. Just, just let it float. And if your idea still holds water, it'll hold water after. Yeah. And you'll actually be more empathic, and they'll feel heard. Well, and the other thing that people do, you know how they're just – you can see somebody getting the edge of their seat, yeah. getting close, because yeah. I want to interrupt you and yeah. tell you what is really Break right. Yeah. And if you're suspending well, yeah. then you don't have that desire to jump on that mm-hmm. person and get on top of that discussion immediately. It's because we want to sink them, don't we? we a lot yeah. of ideas in the pool, we want to sink. We want to get rid of them almost as fast as we can. Oh, yeah. Instead of just yeah. letting – I love the idea of just let it – like the leaves, this is how David Bohm described it. The, let the leaves just land in the pond, yeah, and some will float, and some will sink. You don't have to sink any of them, yeah, and you're not going to clean the pond either. <laughs> just just let it just let it float in, and if it's yeah. good, it'll stay. Last mm. one for me is slow down. Yeah. That slow down thing is so important, and families have a hard time doing this. Yeah. And one of the tricks that I've used before is that we, you get the youngest person in the family to be the timer. Oh, yeah, because they're, yeah, they're going to be all over it. So they're the timer, okay? Yeah, they're going to be all over it. They get the watch, and you have to wait 10 seconds. You start with 30 I seconds. I love that. But you have to wait. You start with 30, maybe go to 20, and then 10. But you have to wait. 
have 10 seconds of silence between each comment. And that keeps people from that Huge. jump on yeah. you. You know, if you just do that. That slows the horses down. Yeah. If you do that for two or three times together, it will completely change the family oh, yeah. dynamic. You will become much better listener. It's silly. That's That's just one idea. But – that slows the pace down. Yeah. And the pacing – I mean courts do that. Oh, yeah. There's an order. Yeah. And it's so slow. But for, when you think of two people that hate each other and are suing each other, it's such a good speed. <laughs> slow is really good. Yeah. You'd th- I mean if we went fast and loud, but that seems to be what happens is when we're in a debate, we get faster, louder instead of slower and more um, pensive, I guess. Deliberate. And there's so many. I mean, we've just – the campfire has saved yeah. so many lives. Oh, yeah. I just look at that and say, you know, how many times have you been with a son or a daughter around a campfire or a friend around a campfire? And, it, it you know, I'm saying symbolically, metaphorically, yeah, yeah. And, and really. Yeah, but the, the circle again. It's the circle. Um, it's the lack of distractions. It's darkness that sort mm-hmm. of contains you around light. And then you have to talk. So what are we going to say? Yeah. And it starts out with mundane and then it may end with the sacred and the most precious things oh, that yeah. ever happen. Well, and then heavens above. Yeah. No impediment, no barrier. You can <laughs> see the stars. And the wind's howling and the yeah. wolves are out there, but still, you know. <laughs> Isn't it amazing though because it seems like here we sit with our families. You might even be in a circle because you happen to buy furniture that are in a circle. <laughs> But then you sit down, and all of a sudden, all these other these other sort these other lights turn on. Yeah, one in front of everyone's face. It's not even a shared light. It's not the fire. It's not a shared dialogue. Yeah. And even when we try to have a shared dialogue, we we're not necessarily obeying these rules. We're not speaking for ourselves. We're not building on what others have said. We're not listening to how we listen. Very few are suspending certainty. Oh yeah. We're all convinced the others are messed up. Yeah. And it's not a slow process. Huge. Yeah. What's the promise in the end? So as a guy that sat down and done this with hundreds of organizations and 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 you've done it everywhere, which is what's neat. You've you've practiced dialoguing with a bunch of different groups. What's the real promise? You know, the real promise for me if in one word would be peace. That this is a peaceful way of working together. This yeah. is, it brings about peace. Another word would be discovery. That you just discover things and find things that you did about yourself that you didn't, you didn't know. know. Yeah. About others that you didn't know. And really, honestly, when you're doing this on things that matter deeply, it's unusual that you don't have tears. Really? Yeah. No. I've, and I've noticed. And that is in corporate. Yeah. I've been with you in corporate settings, trying to discover what this company's about and where we should move it forward. And people are crying. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man. And you didn't have to move the crying. No. They, no. they, they all moved themselves to this emotion. To this emotion. You're in, in some ways trying to hold them back. Classes in the same way. Yeah. If you have a dialogic class uh, that's not – I mean some classes have to be taught dialectically. Yeah. Yeah. But, but one of the great pedagogies I think at universities is a dialogic class. And people start writing themselves into the subject. Mm. What would this mean in my life if I practiced? You know, family therapists, yeah. they train to do family therapy as if they don't live in a family. Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and um, and organizational behavior is the same thing. Exactly. It's like we, we don't live in an organization. Yeah. We're just studying <laughs> other people's. Yeah. You know, and, and if you can get that sense – of your own, implicate yourself into that. It it is a tearful, deep, profound discovery. Oh yeah, per, that's at a personal level, stronger buy-in. Yeah. You know, and then we talked about the, the team, the communion, 
I love yeah. that word communion because we, it, it is well, where community comes from and communication yeah. comes from. It's also uh, a sacrament that yeah. people take. Let's, um, it has a lot of meanings. Can you stick with us? Yes. I want to take a break and come back and have you explain the koinonia. Who was that? Uh, Patrick Damare? Yeah, you're good. Uh, I couldn't remember. Um, you I want good, you to explain man. that because th- so that's that's therapy. Yeah. One hundred and one taught in the war zone. Yeah. Creating this communion. We're going to come back. We're talking dialogue today. A higher, I think, uh, level of of communicating. In fact, I actually like communion better than communicating. It's and it's feels powerful. good, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It feels a lot better. We're going to come back with Dr. Scott Hammond and uh, wrap it up uh, after this break. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to The Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about dialogue. And uh, again, this has been around for, I think, since fire was invented. <laughs> Is that right, Scott? Yeah, but uh, we don't know whether the chicken and the egg or the egg came first. We yeah. don't know whether fire or dialogue came <laughs> first. <laughs> Which, you know? did, did they talk about the fire first? Yeah. We're talking with Scott Hammond, Dr. Scott Hammond. He's a clinical professor of management in the John Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. And... Uh, Again, rescue worker with Rocky Mountain Rescue Dogs. This is just your hobby, but it's really your, more your passion. Oh, yeah. But yeah. dialogue's your passion, too. It's just, you know, a guy needs to get out with the dogs. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, okay. World War II? Yes. Uh, Patrick DeMare. Oh, yes. Is, is... is out. People are getting blown up. They need therapy. They go back to the – after the war – I mean, at, at, every night they'd go gather – there's not enough therapists there to kind of walk everyone through the trauma they're going through. Yeah, so Patrick DeMare is this young therapist who's working with a the, whippersnapper. Yeah, with a, a British uh, army, and he's actually Swedish, but he's his wife's British, and he's drafted into the army, and he's got 120 shell shocked hmm. people to deal with a day. Oh my a day. Yeah. Okay. You know, he, so he has just no way of meeting individually and saying, you know, how, how can are we? You doing? How can we fix this? Yeah. So he says, well, okay, uh, what am I going to do? And he says, well, I guess what I'll do is I'll just get – put them in groups and we'll set them into a dialogue, a kononia, a mm-hmm. communion with – and teach them how to – So put to, 30 or 40 in a in a circle. He did groups of 20 actually. <clears throat> yeah, did 20. Did groups groups yeah. of 20 because the group dynamic yeah, is yeah. a little you, bit you don't easier to manage that way. Set them in a circle. And it wasn't the beginning of group therapy because at some point they became self-managed. Yeah. You know, he didn't manage. It was like this. a healing group though. It was just – it's a yeah. healing group. Yeah. But but a group therapist would come in and say, I'm running the show. Yeah. Now you talk yeah. and your turn to talk and your turn to Watch talk. Watch the rules. Watch right. the rules and, you know, would go through all of this. But he set a process in motion and then let them work it themselves. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things about dialogue is you have to own the process. Yeah. You know, that you can't just own the content of the discussion. Yeah. You eventually, as a participant, get to own the process. But see, if you own the process, then you'll own the outcome. Yeah. You're, you're more body, and that's what you said earlier. Yeah. So, you know, imagine stepping out of this. Now, the LDS Church has a great model for this in that we have um, a 
sacrament meeting four times or, right. or three times. Yeah. Uh, one time which a is month. A, yeah, one t- where you have – on a sacrament meeting, you have somebody who's talking at you, who's preaching to yeah. you. But one time a month, the church turns the whole meeting over to the attendees and says – Share your testimony. Share your testimonies. Let's see what happens. They create a structure. Oh, those are, and those are power. It's koinonia. Yeah, it's koinonia. It's that communion that you have. That's what. They, that's the word means. Koinonia means the communion. Yes, and it's that common um, set of experiences where people get up mm-hmm. and share their deepest feelings, and then you realize I feel the same way. And that's what Demare did with the soldiers. Yeah. But it, that koinonia is an agent of healing. Oh, yes, absolutely. And it doesn't make everything perfect. Mm-hmm. No. But no, it, you still got to go to war the next morning. Yeah, you still you still live with nightmares. You still have all these things. But it makes you realize that there are other people yeah. who have a similar experience. It makes you find – share common things that are successful. It makes you understand that you're not alone. It yeah. creates safety. There's so many powerful things yeah. that it does. Well, I know you take the – you've done this long enough. That you you don't you take the principles home too. I mean the best that anyone can. So we got a couple minutes left. What would you suggest to the listeners to go home and do in their home to create koinonia, that communion as a family, even just as a couple? You know, I, I would say the first thing you do is find a a common place and a common um, agree on a process. So agree that at your dinner table, agree that you're going to have dinner, agree that that dinner will be without cell phones, without yeah. the TV going over Six here, to seven, one without all those things. Yeah, whatever it is. <clears throat> but it's something that everybody agrees to. Um, and, and it might be, if you can't do the dinner thing, it might be the road trip. Yeah. Road trips are great. Yeah, oh, they are. Well, they're trapped. Yeah, you're trapped. You're all in the same place. Yeah. But everybody take the earbuds off. Mm-hmm. Um, take those things off. Okay, let's talk about and then as a parent or as a father or as a husband or as a wife or a partner, you set in motion by saying, okay, what do we – you have to identify a common thing. What do we want to do? You know, if you say where do we want to go on our yeah. family vacation doesn't work. Right. What kind of experience do we want to have next year as a family that will bring us closer together? Yeah. It's huge. And that's and then, a whole different question, right? You know, well, and yeah. then people say, "Well, yeah, the you know, last year we went there, and I didn't like." It. And you go, "Well, what kind of a fam uh, experience could we have as a family next year that would bring us closer to?" Because we don't really care if we're going right. to Disneyland right. or Alaska cruise. What we care about is being close to mm-hmm. each other. And the process matters, like like you're saying. Let let them lead the process more. Yeah. Don't get in and be. I mean, and notice how you're participating as a parent. Like, are they participating less because you're controlling too much of it? Yeah. Let it like you. You called it. Tra- that was your thesis. In fact, I still have your your dissertation. You're the only one who's <clears> ever read it. I know. Too. I think I read it <laughs> twice. But it's like it, it'll happen. You, you're you'll reach transcendence if you'll stay in those principles that we mentioned earlier long enough. Yeah. It'll happen. It, it, it's usually when you least expect it, and it's usually some comment someone makes. Yeah. That sparks another comment. That lifts something, and in fact, your whole dissertation is well, that, how to lift it. That's just another way, Matt, of you saying trust the process. Yeah, trust it; it will happen. And you know what will happen? It will be an absolute surprise to you. Oh yeah, not just when it happens, but what happens. So you'll say, you know, that question about not where we went on our, right. where are we going to go on our vacation, but rather how are we going to be have an experience, common experience that will bring us closer together. 
you will end up going someplace you never imagined and Man. doing something you never imagined. And have so, solutions and feelings you've never had. Yeah, and, and it will surprise you. That's the one thing that at a national, at a corporate, whenever I've used this, that surprise that people come I back to you that. and go, wow, yeah. I just never thought that yeah. as a family we would be doing X. Yeah. You know, that we would be going to Guatemala and building, you know, little mud <laughs> yeah. churches yeah. for people instead of Disneyland because the family took this on as a question. So cool. So Hope Washington's listening. If not, make sure you're listening. Then you can take it to your home. Scott, you're the best. Thank you, man. Will you come back again? Oh, always. Thank you. Do you think you have another topic in you? Oh, I got it. <laughs> Too many. You have a million. <laughs> Dr. Scott Hammond, go check out his book, though, Lessons of the Lost. Wayfinding in work, life, and wilderness. You can go to Lessons of the Lo- Lesson of the Lost. Lessons of the Lost. Oh, with an S. Yeah. Lessons of the Lost dot com. Dot com. Yeah, we need that. We need the S. That's important. Lessons of the Lost dot com. Scott Hammond. Uh, good stuff. Again, I hope we're learning. Let's be learning. It's the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM one forty three BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking communication, dialogue. Sky, have you learned anything today? Yeah. you. I know what you learned. You learned about Deer Hunter, the app. Deer I, Hunter 2014. I did learn about that app. It's hard, isn't it? It is hard, yeah. Yeah. Especially just using your fingers. Yeah. yeah. No, it's hard. It's very hard. But it's a cleaner it hunt. It might be harder than yeah. real hunting. It, well, I think it I is. I think it's more impressive that we do that than real well, hunting. Well, just think of how many animals you're getting on your app, and you don't have to clean one of them. Exactly. You just get a, you just get to turn it off. They just disappear. Also, the wolves attack you. Yeah. Did you notice that? I did, I did notice that. Wait till you have a, a lion attack you. I can't wait. It's scary. I'll teach I, you I some tricks. <laughs> I've learned some tricks. I've been mauled like 50 times. I play in an app, everybody. That's just how I hunt. Uh, on the phone is a good friend of mine. Uh, Brooke Walker is her name. And uh, she is a host of Studio 5 on KSL Television in Salt Lake City. It's the uh, number one rated, uh, what do we call it, lifestyle show in Salt Lake City. Brooke's a great friend. And... Uh, you know, married to Mark. What else is there to know? Brooke, are you there? I am. What app are you playing? What did I miss? Well, you know, it's, I don't know if you know, but it's hunting season. So a lot of men are out there hunting and I wanted to be more manly and I didn't want to actually hunt. (laughs) So I got the app called Deer Hunter 2014. Now I'm I'm really not advertising it. I just think it's, it's a great thing. By the way, Marty, my wife hates it. Um, as well as with Netflix, she hates that as well. For some reason, those two things occupy a lot of my time when I'm home. Well, hunting used to be the favorite part. Do you remember the game Oregon Trail? Yes. Did you play Oregon Trail? I did play Oregon Trail, but I hated that because, you know, you're just, it's just, you just keep moving. That's true. This is more fun because you could actually be mauled by a, like a wild animal and no animals are ever injured in the game. I mean, you kill them, but they, they're they not okay. real, right? So it's PETA approved, is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I couldn't kill an animal. I couldn't. You don't have it in you. No. 
We had to kill bugs for my son Tanner. He he's supposed to collect twenty five bugs for biology, and uh, he got a late start. And a lot of the bugs are disappearing because it's so cold. So we're we're having a hard time finding bugs. If any of you have bugs, give us a call one eight eight five one eight five five chat BYU. But the I'm, I'm pitching bugs. But the um, so I went home and there were like eight live bugs in eight different containers. That and no, you just had a yeah. meltdown. Well, nobody in the family dares kill them. And I'm like, oh. they're bugs. They're flies. Yeah. So we figured out, we had to Google how to kill them. And uh, we figured it out. And But oh, I'm the only one. they're alive in their jars. Oh, yeah, they're alive. Oh, no one dare no. execute, shall we say, no. the insect. No one will execute them okay. until dad gets home. Let dad execute them. So I cried. We, it was a hard night. That's when I picked up. You're the man of the house. Mm-hmm. You can take care of it. That's when I decided I'm a man because I. that's why I need to start hunting. <laughs> Are you with me? Well, I'm going to look into that app. I am with you. That sounds very fun. Hey, Congratulations Brooke, we, on your hunting success. Have you heard what we're talking about? We've and been talking about communication. Yeah. I know, which I have to say, I, I'm a little nervous to communicate about communication over the radio because I am a... I, I've decided I'm a nonverbal communicator. Like, I talk with my hands, my face, no, you my You totally are. That's I, why radio scares me, because right now, if yeah. you see my hands flying around, you yeah. understand oh, yeah. what I'm trying to communicate. Yeah, it's like a pantomime. Is it, or a mime. It's like a mime on the radio. It's hard. Yeah. You can't see these hands that are it, adding, it, I think, greatly to what I have to say. But you you are a great communicator, because um, you you have a lot of people that want your time and a lot of people that want your attention. You use social media incredibly well. And you, you still have the ability to say no to people. It's taken practice, I have to say. I think especially for women, that word no is a really hard word to communicate, right? I can't, I can't say no to people. You can't. Oh, that's mm-hmm. why you have to have people. You, ha- you yeah. have your people, you right? People that can say, say no, no for you. Right. Yeah. That's I've, I've had to get really good at this, but it's, it's, and it kind of sounds cliche, but the, what you, when you say no, it allows you to say yes to the right thing, yes, right? Yes, I totally agree. But then, and I've learned that. But then you, you got to look at them and say no. You know right. what I mean? I mean, right. e- even if I even if I'm saying yes to my kids, actually, no, that's easier. So if I, if I know, I always say no to my kids. I don't know why. It's like, hey, you Dad, can we can we get a drink? Nope. They no drinks. Finish their sentence and you're cutting them off. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. Mm-mm. Don't even think about it. You drank yesterday. <laughs> it's sad, but. Um, so, so I don't – it's sad. I guess I do say no to them. But, but like when people put pressure on you, hey, can you come speak here and we can't pay you and there's no benefit except you get to serve people that need help. And I really want to. Um, ah, how do you do it, Brooke? It's hard. Help me. It's so hard. one way is I got I, I to know talk- what my yeses are, right? That's what you were saying. You got to know what your yeses are. Yeah. And then I just I, – I think it's okay to explain what those yeses are. I mean you need to, you know, send yeah. your life away to this person who's asking something of you. But I think it's okay to say I would love to but – and then give the reason why. I have committed to only do two speaking engagements a month and I'm – I've hit that. I've hit that limit. Or I think it's okay to express your own personal limits and not be shy about them. And not I love that. I love that idea because then, then you a have something to say, but b you get an you get to give an explanation. And it's not like uh, no, I'm too good for you. It's you know what? I really need to be with my kids today. We've got yeah. a lot of bugs to kill. And it's, it, you've got a lot of bugs to kill. And it's interesting to me when you explain kind of the real. Because a lot of times I think we get caught in the trap of excuse making. Oh, I can't because of this, because of this. And short of lying, we're, we're laying out all of these excuses right. why we can't. 
when you get at the heart of the reason, I think people, at least in my experience, are way more understanding, right? And oh, yeah. sympathetic to what, if you say something like, I've got to go kill bugs with my kids, they're going to cut you some slack. Yeah, right. Right. I've got to go play deer hunter 20, 2014. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Is, uh, what else? I mean, I, and I, I think I'm actually talking about this on your show soon. Um, sometimes it's easier to just do it by text. Yeah, and I've 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 struggled with that evolution to be honest. So I I am maybe unique to my generation simply because I prefer the face to face voice to voice conversation. No, do you? So you'd yeah. rather tell someone, you know, on the phone or face to face, than over the te- over a text. Well, I think it's more time efficient, and I'm all about chugging through my to do list, right? Oh yeah. But at the end of the day, you can soften it, I guess, through text. I am when it comes to text messages, though. My fear is that I'm always going to come across too stark, too rude, too harsh, too blunt. Yeah. So I find myself sprinkling a lot of extra exclamation points in my text, which is probably not professional. I've noticed that. No, I've noticed you're very liberal with the exclamation points. I am liberal because I want people to know there is a happy person at the end of this, at the other end of the cell phone (laughs) trying to communicate this no to you. But but text is definitely, I guess you could say, um, a helpful way to dodge and avoid people if that's what you're (laughs) trying to do. That's, but see, okay, here's an, can I just give you a real life example? You give me an example. How am I going? Am I going to do this on the radio? Yes, I am. Here we go. Uh, I was at a speech. Yes. Uh, a few months, a week ago, no, three weeks ago, and okay. at the speech, nailed it. It went really well. Okay, it's not about me. But <laughs> hashtag they, nailed it. Hashtag nailed it. But at the speech, uh, a woman came up and said, "Really, honestly, this is all true. I promise, Brooke. Uh, okay. Honestly." You nailed it. That was great. You're so amazing. Do you have um, other people that you that you think you could refer to come? Because it was a it's a once a month thing that they go uh-huh. they go bring in, and yeah. And, but it's one of those that that are free. It's free, right? Uh, it's for a, a local church congregation. But out of the goodness of your heart, you are yeah. serving. When but you there's but yeah. this is this is of, of all of them that I've done, and I do one of those a week for free. Uh, Mm-hmm. This is the most incredible because they have about four to five hundred people that show up. Wow! Yeah, and this this person said to me, Matt, I really I like I like uh, you, you nailed it. You did great. So do you have some other names? I gave him some other names. Then they said, and Brooke, this is for real. They said, now I know you you work with Brooke a lot, and I'm like, yeah, I work with her every week. I am so nervous about where this is and going. And she said, I we have been dying to get Brooke to come speak at a, at a woman's conference up here and um, kind of near where you live. And, um, okay. and uh, you know, we try to get her, but it's just, we, we just haven't been able to get through to her. Do you think that you could just um, <laughs> say something? So I'm like, well, sure. Sure, I'd love to. You're like, in fact, I will say it live on the radio. <laughs> well, here's the in fact. In such a way that she cannot say no. Well, no, and I'm not even doing it for that, but here's why. <laughs> so about a yeah. week ago, I tried to write you a text. Uh-huh. Um, and I started writing it, and I got it, you know, fairly written, but then I didn't have the lady's name and phone number and email and stuff. So then right. I had to save it. Then, um, I, but my wife keeps asking me every day because this lady keeps calling. Anyway, so the question is simply this. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I don't know the date, but um, I'm going to just pass you. I'm just going to send you an email now. Uh, 
See, for me, okay, you do that. I, I wanted to just text it to you because I thought that would be more efficient. And you've sure. actually even told me to send it to your email because you're more likely to get your email. So I'm going to send you the name and the email. But right now, because this is where I have you, I'm just going to ask you. So I don't. you don't have to do it. I mean, you can be rude, whatever. But um, I'm just going to send it to you, and then you can do whatever. You, you, I mean, it may not meet your schedule, but you know, just sure. so you know, it's on the way. I would love to, and if it makes it all the easier to you, I'm just saying. I think you're going to be in the TV studio tomorrow morning, so oh, there's an opportunity there to yeah. change information. You know what's funny about that, Brooke, is I was in the TV studio last week as well, and I think the week before. And I have failed three times to bring it out. So okay, that's well, why I decided the radio show is a great place to do it. There you go. See, it doesn't matter where you do this, does it? It doesn't matter. I could do it on my radio show. I could do it via text. And you know what? That brings me to a very important communication point I would like to take the opportunity to share. You Please. know what I found? Yes, what? When you have the thought, and I'm not calling you on the carpet because you're a busy man, but I'm just saying when it comes to like reaching out to people or, you know, people are so busy and they have a hard time staying in touch with right. those that they love. Just if you think about it, just do it yeah. right then. In the moment, huh? In the moment. No, Whatever, totally. If it's writing a thank you note, if it's sending a little, I love you text, how are you doing? Just do it. Yeah. Yeah, no. If a woman's been badgering you for a month to text me, just do it. I know. Well, see, you know what happens? And this is the real deal. I do it, but then I'm not technologically advanced to actually complete it. So it's it's typed out on your phone. You just haven't hit the green button that says send. Ish. But then I had the phone number in another place, and then I have to remember it again. Gotcha. But that's why you, you, you're making a brilliant point. When you're prompted and you have the idea, get it done. So the rules should be do it once, right? Don't think about it 20 times and do it once. Think it once, do right. it once. Boom, boom. So you're doing it. So you're good. I'm doing it. I'm just doing it in a way that's not very efficient. I'm just doing it where thousands of people can hear. Yes, you have committed <sighs> verbally over the airwaves. It's it's going to get taken care of. I well, and I didn't even that. get an answer if you're going to do it or not. I mean, maybe we got to. Well, if you we... haven't even given me a date. Oh, please, really? Details, Townsend. It's all in the details. <sighs> See, that's the problem. Right now, I couldn't give you the date. I could close the deal for her right you now. You know what? Here's the best solution. I should probably just call Marty. Do you know what? I should yes. Let's get Marty and I are a lot alike in many ways. No, I feel, you, I, you totally I are. Our brains could connect, and we could. Why get this done. didn't I think of that? I should have just said, Marty, you ask her. Why didn't I? Cells, you just turn to your wife because she is very, very talented and competent and on the ball. But she's asked me twenty times, literally. Have you have you talked to Brooke? Have you talked to Brooke? I'm on it. That's so funny. Okay, well now we're doing it, uh, Brooke. Um, any other keys to? Um, I don't know, to kicking someone out of your moment, to say no to someone. That's all I got. That's all I got. Just hold your, set your boundaries, hold strong, and don't feel like you have to apologize away your excuse, but give them a heartfelt reason why you just cannot continue the communication in the moment. See, but that's why you do this so well that you're a really, you know, highfalutin, popular celebrity, and you don't, nobody thinks you're a diva. Well, I hope not. No, they don't. I've asked. I've asked all over the place. So I'm paying off the right people. Well, I think you're just delivering the message (laughs) so it's not painful. I hope so. Can Can Mark say no? Always learning. Is Mark very good at this? Can Mark? great at this. Is he really? He is excellent at this. Better than you? I have learned a lot from much, much better than I. Yeah, and he will... He will even, I mean, he'll go as far as to say if he's asked to commit something on the spot, he will never say yes on the spot. No. He'll always say, 
well, I'll check my calendar and get back to you. Or, okay, thanks. We'll think about that. Or, wow. He's all, always. So I learned a lot from watching him. Men See. haven't figured out sometimes, I think, in this department. Yeah. Just being correct to the point. Well, but you don't kill animals either. So we love you for that. I won't kill bugs either. I did kill him. <laughs> but I, I'm a wuss. I would, you don't know how many multi-level marketing opportunities I've had to accept. Because people keep oh, asking. no. Well, that's just a blanket rule. You just don't get into those conversations. Well, I know. It's too late. I used to work with a bunch of them, and they'd all say, hey, so uh, do you want to get my downline? And we'll sell this product. And I'm like, ah, gosh. I think that should be the new taboo topic. You don't talk about politics, Mm -hmm. religion, money, or multi-level marketing. Or sex. None of them. Okay, we can add that in there. Or multi-level marketing. Uh, I think we just made a rule. New rule. New rule. Brooklyn, you're the best. Hey, I always want to chat with you. Hey, you know what? Sometimes we ought to just talk off air. Well, you could send me a text. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> I can't because now I'm hunting all the time. Okay, Brooke, you're oh. the best. And uh, give Mark our love. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Thank Matt. you. Appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. Wow. She's got her stuff. She just says no. But she says it in a great way. No, I've got something else going on. And... Then you can share. So you can say no to people. You just got to know what your yeses are. That's the key, Sky. You need to say more yeses to the girls that ask you out. I'll do that. I'm just saying. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. You all right, Sky? Uh-huh. You look sad. I'm not sad. I was just thinking about how you say you can never say no to people. Right. But you say no to me all the time. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No. You just did. Uh-uh, nope. You never buy me food. No, I don't. I, do. I was thinking one time you could try and fit it in your schedule. You know what? I'm buying you food. Okay. You know why? Why? We're having a party. When? A going away party. Except he's not going away. We're losing a member of our staff. The number one staffer. El jefe. El, uh, You're leaving? Colonel Sanders. Oh, my number one? When did I get number one? Well, I, I thought it was when they printed the big sign that says... The Matt Townsend the Show. Matt Townsend Show. <sighs> Featuring Skyboy. That would have been good to know. <laughs> Featuring Skyboy. Um... Colonel Rob Sanders is leaving. He's leaving the show. You know what that means? No more free chicken. Since when was there free chicken? Colonel yeah, I'm Sanders. Missing, missing the free chicken. Colonel Sanders. The show that we had. Yeah, no, that guy's dead. I, I'm missing that. When, when did that happen? Well, oh. Maybe we should I, start doing that. Maybe it's the wrong that. guy. I think we should start doing we're, that. So we're going to have a going away party. And I'm going to provide food. Who likes... Rice cakes. <laughs> Does that count as food? That's the real question. <laughs> Who loves rice cakes? So where are you leaving? Where are you going to, Rob? Rob is no longer going to be the executive uh, grand okay. poobah. It was, it, we, you helped build. Yeah, you, you pioneered it. You built the house, it. and then the house is built. 
And then you go on to build the next house. You're, so they're sending you to apparently Africa to build to build a house. A house. <laughs> now, what, where are we really sending you? We're, you're you're staying at BYU Radio. Oh, there's there's neat things going on. Uh, you know, trying to get it to where people can go back and listen to a show that you did last week. They go, oh yeah, Matt was talking about they had that guy I was talking about wisdom, and yeah, that'd be really neat to. Be able to pull that up on the website. Well, you know, that's your job. Take some work, and there's a good team of people who've been working really hard on it. So go over and help. And them now out they bring the bit. colonel in. It'll be fun. The colonel comes in to close the deal. They need you to close the deal. Close the deal. So that's the salespeople. No, this is yeah. This is the deal because you've been great, right? You've led this crew. Look at him. Well, actually, the big secret is I haven't done any work for the last year and a half. Because what? Matt has the kind of show wow. that you just kind of like, you hand him some papers. It's, I like it's this. the Dumbo's. Uh, oh, here's Don. You know how Dumbo. Don. Don't say anything. Dumbo, when he would, uh, he could fly all along. Not calling you Dumbo, Matt, but. Did he just call me Dumbo? But, uh, but you had to give Dumbo the a little feather. Oh, the feather. feather. No, it was a feather. Feather. And then he thought he could fly. Yeah. So if, if you came in all by yourself to do the show. Yeah. You couldn't do it. So oh. I give you this big stack of papers. That seems like a feather. Which you go to maybe twice in two hours. <laughs> but it makes you feel good so you can yeah. fly for two hours. And that's, that's what a producer does. Is that what a producer does, Don? Don, Don's the one that's taking him I away from I just want to us. apologize, Dumbo. I mean, Matt. What? For, Jeez. For the uh... – <laughs> So rude. You're taking him. Yeah. It's like I feel like a father losing my baby. He's well. It's more like a, I raised him. You have to let your children go sometime. You know? Well, I've tried to let Sky go, and he keeps coming back. When you have to downsize your family. You have to let a few yeah. children go. You're going to be an empty nester after a while, man. Oh man, I am. That's yeah. the problem. So you've got better things for him. Rob is really. If you if you look at the history of BYU Radio in the last few years, Rob's uh, initials are on many of the things we've done here. He's he's a very valuable team player and i've asked him to be on another part of the team now so you're gonna have to limp along what, what about sky what about sky for real sky uh I he mean, doesn't sky don't don't you need sky in other places <laughs> i mean i'm not being rude it's just no please if there's anything else i can work on yeah other than the matt townsend show there's okay, just no... we'll consider that sky man i mean he's cute and all but the cape yeah the cape, that, the tights. That's the real sticking part for you. Does, is there no policy about tights? There is. The honor code talks about tights yeah. and capes, I think. What's the deal? I, Does I'll he just sneak it in? I, I don't remember. He probably changes and just sneaks in here. Well, Don, we appreciate it. So uh, Merit. Yeah. Uh, well, she'll it, be moving into a more active part in, yeah. in, the, in the show. She wants us to call her um, the diva. The diva? Is that? Will she have a badge? I think so. So it's a merit badge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> merit I'm auditioning is, for the show. And so, <laughs> what do you think, guys? And then it's scary because then Bryce is going to get a life and that, go that's somewhere. True. That's true. We're I doubt in that. December. Well, I'm supposed to. Oh, yeah. We'll see Good what point. happens. Good point. Shh. We'll see. No one needs to know. I can just I can just become a hobo. I like trains. I can oh, do that. Yeah, you like trains. Maybe they'll upgrade me from hobo to engineer. Do um, so, hobo boy, Hannah, you're here for a while. Yep, I'm you just need to stay around. healthy. Yep, that's the goal. Okay, <laughs> I mean it's hard because I just feel like you keep ripping my babies out, Don. Yeah. Matt, you're a relationship coach. You're a guide <laughs> on the side. 
You can uh, deal geez. with this, can't you? Yeah. You okay. know what we do want, I think, for payback, for taking my people? Food. Well, yes. food, yeah. please, just so we don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> we need something on the walls in here. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? Decorations. Like inflatable rock guitars or what, nah, what's... No? Yeah, that'd yeah. be good. Have you ever played the game um, Deer Hunter 2014? No, and what was the bell That's for? To celebrate the tenth time on the show, he's mentioned that app. I, I'm a hunter now, Deer Hunter 2014. Uh, so I'm a hunter, but I don't hunt out in the wild. Oh, I hunt on an app on your Deer phone, hunter. and I shoot animals. Aren't but you they, macho? But they just disappear, so no animals are harmed. Well, that's good. But that's I want good. like I want deer heads. In you here. want you want some? Okay, it's a little taxidermy on Would the that. Would that be weird? <laughs> that's just I think too so. Weird. Well, maybe, maybe a fish. We'll mount a fish. A fish would be good. Yeah. Can it be one of the talking singing? Yes. That would be excellent. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Take me to the river. Okay. <laughs> Take me to- Don, thanks. Thanks Thank for you supporting guys. the show. And, uh, and again, taking our people. We'll let Rob come and visit once in a while. What do Will you? Yeah. Can he still come play? <laughs> we need him to play once in a while because we need a good chicken recipe and somebody needs to talk cars and highways. I know nothing about all three. Rob, we love you, brother. We're going to miss you. Seriously. And uh, for all the fans of Rob, especially his family that all listen faithfully. We still love him, so still listen to the show. You'll get a catch, a little bit of Rob every day. Thanks, everybody. We're going to take a break, and no, actually, we're going to we're going to be done. It's <laughs> we're going to take a big, big break. We are going to take a break, and actually, we're all going to go play Deer Hunter 2012, 2014. This is the Matt Townsend show right here on BYU Radio.